0: Yeah, let's pray. We've got a few minutes now to just come to the Holy Spirit and ask him to bring Jesus, the word of life, to life in our hearts and to change us and set us free and to lead us forward as we go to change the world, to make it look like the kingdom of heaven. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We throw off our preconceptions. We throw off whatever. And we just ask that you would come now, counsellor. And lead us into truth. We open our lives to you. Would you divide soul from spirit. As you speak to all of us. And we pray this in Jesus name. And all God's people said together. Amen. Amen. I'm afraid you haven't got a reading as such today. We're going to dart around uh, the scriptures. So if you've got a Bible you want to have it open. We're going to be looking particularly in Luke and Matthew. But also 1 Timothy. Um, as well. So just be nimble with your fingers uh, as we do that. And let me just introduce um, what we're going to talk about. I know that you're expecting us to nurture you back to church and maybe do a series on God's love or something like that. What we're going to talk about is something maybe a little bit different over the next four weeks. We're going to do a month-long series on finances. Yeah. Please restrain. Please restrain your joy. <laughs> um, and we want to just share with, with you a little bit about that. Why we're going to speak into finances, and, and really, what we are not talking about as such is money, but really talking about our hearts and the freedom that Christ has won for us. So that's kind of where we're going.
1: You see, we as Christians are called to live differently in every single aspect of our lives and when Jesus came to this earth he came to break us free from the power of sin and darkness and he came to give us that relationship with father but he also came to give us freedom in everything and that includes money And I think the truth is, is that money often enslaves us. We may not think it does, but in so many areas of our lives, it enslaves us. And our heart for this series over the next four weeks is to bring freedom to us all. We want us to think about money in the way that Jesus teaches us to think about money, which is to hold it really lightly. And it's always be ready to say yes to Jesus and say yes to giving to others. So that's what we just um, invite you all to come on this journey with us. And we are on this journey too. You know, that We're not just preaching at you, we're preaching at ourselves. Because I think it's massive in 21st century life, particularly in the Western world, it's a big deal. And we want to just put the microscope of the Holy Spirit on us and allow him to talk to us through this series, and to um, put us right on a few things if necessary.
0: You know, Everyone's predicting economic doom, aren't they? You know, Every media outlet, every cultural commentator, is predicting hard times are ahead, and also highlighting one of the ungodly realities of our world, which the world says those who have will be fine, and those who haven't, will really suffer. And so right into the mix, we want to res- be responding proactively on finances so that we are ready as God's church to shine a completely different light in the world, in our communities, in our churches, and through our lives at this time. And if you wanted to probably ask what I believe is going to happen with the church over the next 20 years in its relationship with Culture, I think we're doing this. You know, gone are the days where I think it's acceptable for the church to reflect the values of the world. There's nothing more crushing than for the church to look like society. And I think society is going in a completely different direction to the church. And the thrilling part about this is that we have the privilege of being the light of the world. And so, in finances, in the area of money, possessions we are we are wanting to just really grow so that we are able to shine a different light so that for those who haven't we're able to very practically dispel fear through providing for one another through generously contributing and owning uh, our responsibility to the poor and needy in our communities and in our church and so that we are on the front foot ready to be shining a different light in the world yeah
1: i also believe that God wants to shake the worldliness out of the church and shake the worldliness out of his people. We're not meant to be people who, when people look at us, we look exactly the same as our neighbors. We're meant to look different. We're meant to look like Jesus. We're meant to be free to do things the way he wants us to do them. And I believe he's always called us to that. But I think now, in these days, it's even more important. He needs the church to rise up. He needs us not to uh, want the worldly things, but to, to hunger after Jesus. And for our lives to reflect that hunger. You know, he says, wide is the way. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. But the gate is narrow that leads to life. And we want that life because that life is joy and it's hope and it's peace and it's love. And that's what we want to bring to you guys. Choose that. Uh, Don't choose the wide way. Let's go after Jesus that we can be the light of the world.
0: We're going to look next week at what Jesus teaches and models in money and possessions in the Gospels. Uh, Week three, we're going to be looking at church and tithing and giving and charity and those sorts of things. And we have as a leadership and as a church council taken various decisions through lockdown in response to what we believe God is saying. And we are putting our finances as a church under the microscope. But also we are seeking God as we look to the future into 2021 in response to the things that we believe he's called us to now. And we're going to get into that. Week four, we're going to look at um, what transformational role God is calling us to play in community and in society.
1: But before we start, I need to say to us all, please, can we not judge one another? You look at the story in the Bible where the woman poured out the perfume on Jesus' feet. Now that was a year's worth of salary that she broke over Jesus' feet in perfume. And what did the Pharisees go? Well, why? You could have fed the poor with that. And actually, I think that's probably what I would have said. But Jesus said, no, it's worship. And that is so much more important. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Jesus judges differently to us. And I think, let's say, Holy Spirit, come and illuminate the areas of my life that need to change. But let's leave everyone else to God to judge. Is
0: that okay? And we've also, we've said this many, many times, that God has called us not to be a, sh- a, sh- no. <laughs> not to be a shame-free church. Okay. To be a church full of shame. No. <laughs> God, God has called us to be a shame-free church. Okay. Um, because Jesus' blood covers everything, doesn't it? And he presents us pure and spotless before him. So, you know, if our finances are in a mess, God's going to sort them out. We're going to go on a journey. If our finances are all pretty right, for me, thanks, fantastic. Then you're going to go on a journey, my friend. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. Anyway, this didn't go very well at the nine, so we're going to give it a try now. <laughs> Here's the journey for the series and what, we're gonna, uh, what where we're going to go throughout the next four weeks. We're going to talk about what some would say radical. We would say normal biblical kingdom faith. Okay? And adding to faith... We are going to add trust in God, who, intrinsic to his nature, is to provide. And we're going to add to trust, worship. Because wouldn't you love Jesus to pull up the bonnet of our finances personally, as a church, and then in the future, as a whole community, and to think, wow, they really reflect my beauty, my holiness, and my majesty. That requires us worshipping God in all areas of our lives and in finances. And if we do that, equals, you ready? Deep contentment. Paul said, I've learned to be content in all areas of my life apart from money. Didn't he? Paul said, I've learned to be content in all situations, whether in need or plenty. Deep contentment with radical generosity. It's what we're called to, isn't it? To reflect the love of God that reaches out and gives away, gives away, gives away, ultimately in the gift of his son, Jesus. If we get that, happy days. All right, that's where we go.
1: So the title for this talk this morning, if you want one, is Dethroning Money. And our aim for this morning is the title of Archbishop Welby's book, which is called Dethroning Mammon. It's a great book. But we want, basically, to to say to Jesus, we want your way to do with money. And will you shake us? Will Will you dethrone where we've allowed money to take your place? We give you permission, Jesus. We want our lives to be built on you and only you. In Matthew 6 24, it says you cannot serve both God and money. Well actually says Mammon, which is property, money, and wealth. We can't serve both. And I think if I probably asked you all individually, you'd all say, No, no way, I don't I don't serve money, I serve Jesus. But actually, what we're gonna do in a few moments is just highlight a few mindsets of the world that I think probably have crept into all of us. And we want to just shape them, give them a bit of a kick and a nudge and get rid of them from our lives so that Jesus is the only one who guides us and nothing else.
0: Uh, Who here wants to live for God? Okay, who here wants to be a living sacrifice? (laughs) Fantastic, so cool. Um, Because you are utterly biblical, Romans 12 verse 1. I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, present your lives as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on to say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. What he's highlighting is the fact that in the world, there are cultural forces and values that seek to squeeze us into its mould. They are hostile and aggressive and they need to not be conformed to Which means that if we want to be living sacrifices, which you all apparently do, then we need to be intentional about proactively not being conformed to what the world tries to squeeze us into its mindsets, value systems. Um, And this morning, we're going after the dethroning of money. Where the world puts money on a throne, uh, we are dismantling that and stopping its power from squeezing us into its mould.
1: A word to the rich, which is actually every single one of us in this room. You know, if you look around the world, we are rich. But we want to say money in and of itself is not evil. But the love of money is. And where money is our master, that isn't right. And we just want to change that. So let's look at, we would like to put to you that the economy of the world is if you have money, then you have security. If you don't have money, then you don't have security. And what that results in is hold on to everything that you possibly can, because that's your security. That's your hope in life. So hold on. And if you haven't got strive after it because you need that in your life to make you secure because money brings security because it brings houses it brings cars it means you can fix a car or fix a house it means you've got safety because you've got money in retirement so the, the world says money provides security
0: and we just want to say that is a lie and we're going to go into that now I think let's cut that next bit.
1: (laughs) So when we build our lives on money as security, we are actually building our lives on something that is incredibly shaky. It's not a firm foundation at all. As James said, it's a lie. Now you look at the crash of 2008, and you look also at what is going on right now in the economy, and in the world. And uh, Justin Welby said yesterday that we expect, as a country, that by Christmas, 670,000 people will be destitute. You know, and if money is a security, it's only taken six, eight, nine months to take it away. So it's not actually that secure. But listen to the words of Jesus. In Luke 12, 33, he says, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. The truth is, everything around us is shaky. Anything can go in an instant. But Jesus is our sure hope. He is our sure foundation. He is the only thing in this life that we can ever, ever guarantee. And also, it's not just for now, but it's long-lasting. It's for eternity. So Jesus is just saying, look, just build your life on me. You can trust me. There's security in me and security that goes beyond the grave.
0: Let me ask you a question. Who here worships money? Okay, no one. We we worship God, don't we? And yet, worship is the object of what we think about, of how we make our decisions, how we prioritize our lives, what we worry about, that becomes the object. Of the internal thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. And whatever we. Let me ask you a question. You don't need to put your hand up for this. Could we honestly say that we've spent more time thinking about Jesus this week than we have about money? It's a challenging question, isn't it? And the reason we're talking about dethroning money is because. The world and the systems within it are seeking to always displace God as the highest affection in our hearts. And worship is what comes out of us and dominates our thought life. And none of us here would desire to worship money. Yet, how much does it press us into thinking about it? Either through fear and stress and worry, or maybe through glee and pleasure When we've got loads of it, and we feel like all our ducks are in a row, oh, I can relax. you know. And what we're actually doing is lifting money up, either the lack of it or the enjoyment of it, as an object of worship in our hearts. And we want to dethrone that today. Let me give you a hardcore passage from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Are you ready? Let me ask you a question. Who thinks that they would be better off if they had loads more money? Okay. None of you want to put your hands up because you don't know whether you should or shouldn't. Okay. Who has thought to themselves, oh, if we had some more money, things would be a lot easier? Okay. All right. And bearing in mind what Louise says, globally, we are the rich, aren't we? So we desire to be a bit more rich than we are already. Listen to the word from 1 Timothy 6. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to become rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. You know, I was in, um, a couple of months ago, an environment of extreme affluence and wealth. And honestly, I was one of the most striving, stressed out environments that I've ever been in. You know, and they're, they're like, they've got everything, seemingly. And yet, it's just like, ah, brrr, strive, strive, strive. No peace. And I walked in there without a beam to my name. But you bring a kingdom of peace into that. I know which kingdom I'd rather be in.
1: So when money is your security, it can either create an attitude of pride, if you have done well for yourself, or it can create an attitude of shame, if you haven't got much. So if you haven't got it could leave you feeling worthless. And in Luke sixteen fourteen it says The Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all this and they ridiculed him. So he said to them You are those who justify yourselves on the sight of others, but God knows your heart, for what is prized by human beings is an abomination in the sight of God. You know, Jesus' value on our lives or how he sees us is so different to how the world sees us or what money says about us. You know, if you look at the, the passage in Matthew where Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, they don't work, and they don't store up uh, seed and barns. <laughs> they don't do any of that. But it says your heavenly father feeds them and you are more of more worth than them. Jesus places value on you for who you are. Not for how much money you've made or not for how much money you haven't made. He loves you for who you are and you are so valuable to him.
0: We're going to get into this series about, you know, what do we do when we're in need? What about provision? You know, what about et cetera, et cetera, But this morning, our focus is just to dethrone just the power money plays just in our lives. That's what we're trying to do. You know, and the world tells us that if you have money, then you have power. You know, if you have, then you've got influence. You've got significance. You, you can create a legacy. You know, you can be an influencer, and you know at the end of the day we just want to remind us that leadership and significance in the kingdom of god look like foot washing they look like laying our lives down they look like serving they look like let me peel off your crusty old country boot and give you a pedicure because that's what the son of man did when he washed his disciples feet you know he gave us a pattern to live by and and, and the one who laid down his life made and won the ultimate significance for all of us. He lost so that we could gain. And that's the pattern he's given us to live by.
1: Another life that we can lead our life by is that money makes me free. Because I can do what I want. I can provide for people. I can um, Anything that I need, I can have. But actually I'd just like to question whether that is true freedom or whether in the eyes of Jesus true freedom is if he said to us, would you lay it down? We'd go, sure, anything for you. Am I free because I can buy or am I free because he is at the very center of what I want in my life and he's the only one that I serve? We all know the story of the rich young ruler And let's just not allow the lies of money to shape our lives, to shape our understanding.
0: It's almost like, you know, the rich young ruler, we have this unwritten saying between us. Well, it's only because he couldn't sell it all. Not everyone has to do it. But I think the reality is, all of us need to live in the way that if God said it to us, we need to say, "Yep, I'm in. Take it all. And, and I think that's the challenge. Um, I remember being quite shaken a couple of years ago because I was with um, this chap and he was showing me um, all his stocks and shares and all the profit that he'd made. And what I was shocked by was the look of almost glee in his eye, almost like the enjoyment that he got, like the pleasure. It looked like he was, he was genuinely just like really kind of this sort of weird kind of glee was in him with it, you know, and the world wants to tell us that money makes us happy, and the reality is, what happens is, it doesn't make us happy in the eternal true sense of the word, and it's like a, an instant addictive hit, because it's built on the pattern of accumulation, so he's like, wow, yeah, look what, how much this made, but then he's straight onto the next thing. Oh, and we could do, 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 you know, and it just goes on and on and on. Ecclesiastes five, verse twelve: For the lover of money will not be satisfied with it, nor the lover of wealth with gain. You know, true happiness. We we know this, don't we? But true happiness really is found in knowing God and being known by Him.
1: Another lie is that money brings us peace, because then we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry about. And providing school shoes for our kids, or money at the end of the month. And if I had more money, then I wouldn't have to worry about that. But it's not true. Jesus says to us, well, Paul writes about Jesus, but it says, we don't need to be anxious about anything. Yeah, how many of us have taken hold of that? That we don't need to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Make our requests known to God. And the peace of God, not the peace of money that's shakeable, that's here one minute, gone the next. The peace of God, which passes all kinds of understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to have the peace on the inside. Not a peace through situations around me but a peace that whatever situation I'm facing, I'm anchored in the truth of who Jesus is.
0: So the world lives also by the lie that giving away is a loss for me. And yet when we give, what we're doing is simply reflecting the character of the Lord who loves to give and loves to provide. You know, I think to myself, what if Boris came on the TV and said, Do you know what, guys, we've spanked the cash, but one way that we could make sure no one slips behind is if every, every street looked after everybody else on the street. You know, you could, you could sort everyone out doing that by everyone giving and providing, and it's a noble, godly thing.
1: Another one is that we should invest in this life. We should make sure that we've, we've got everything in this life and then we should leave a legacy for our children and, you know, all that kind of thing. But uh, what does Jesus say? He says, don't store up your treasures on earth, but store it up in heaven. Yeah, he's so topsy-turvy, isn't he, to what we what we're fed. You know, how many stuff comes through our door about spending or about... You know, build your life on this or invest in this and yet all he says is just look to me trust me invest in the thing of my kingdom that will go on to eternity
0: in the worldly mindset of money equals security in that framework the poor have no value. The poor have no value. And yet, what does Jesus teach? Luke chapter 6, verse 20, he says, Bless the you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. I was told you actually have five more minutes. So I think we're, we're just being... I think, he, I think you've got five if you want to stay. I mean, you can go now if you like. You know? <laughs> and I just think, you know, um, we, we could probably, many of us here, tell countless stories of being in situations where there's a lack of material provision and finding the most overflowing, rich, joyful generosity from who we would say is the poor. And our challenge is to live that out in materialistic, affluent West Sussex, come on, we can do this and prioritise the poor. Yeah.
1: And I think, like I said at the start, now is the time to go the narrow way. Now is the time to look different to the world. Now is the time when people are in need to be able to say, yeah, have a room in my house, yeah, have money, have this food, have this clothing. Now is the time for the church to arise. And look different. You know, and I share it as someone who has struggled with this. Over the last couple of years, we've literally been, okay, what does the Bible say about this? And, uh, you know, we live on one salary, which we have chosen to do, and God blesses us in abundance. But there are times in the month where you go, oh, flip, how are we going to do that? or when the car bill comes in. I've had that, that fear. I know what I'm talking about. But actually, going on this journey, the Lord's just been really speaking to me about, it, you're just missing the point. Your treasure is in money and security or whatever. Just don't go there. Your treasure, I'm your delight. I'm your everything. Everything you need can be found in me. And it's changing me, and I'm not fearing it, and I'm not striving to get more. I'm resting, being at peace, being able to be generous, being content with what I have. Whether I have much, whether I have little, I'm content because I know there is more in this life than that if I follow Jesus.
0: We've just been trying to dethrone money. And I started up here. It really needs to be here. Because the economy of heaven looks like peace, which passes understanding. It looks like overflowing provision. Not necessarily the biggest house in West Sussex, but provision, which overflows in my life so that I'm able to be a blessing beyond myself. It looks like holiness in the area of money that Jesus could lift up the bonnet and say, yeah, fantastic. There's a good steward of my resources. It looks like radical generosity. Don't you want to sink back into your armchair at the end of your life and think, I hope what people say at my funeral is that he was a generous man or she was a generous woman. Well, don't you want to be known by that? It looks like the embracing of the poor And it looks like contentment in all situations. And I'm telling you what, when we carry that into a room full of striving or fear or despair or smug self-satisfaction, you carry contentment and peace which passes all understanding. And for some, they can't stand it because it stinks like death. But it is just the most attractive light because it's real and it's true and it's eternal and it has power. So next week we're going to look at what Jesus teaches and models in the Gospels. Um, Week three we're going to look at church and how that cashes out, pun intended. Um, Week four we're going to look at vision and the future. A couple of things to say, if you haven't joined us in the, the game of giving then go onto our website and you can find all the details on how to and all the information that you need there. What I also just want to make everybody aware of is that we have a hardship fund which we've been using through the last six or seven months. Uh, It's a hardship fund both for church and for the community. And how that is accessed is first port of call is talk to Kingdom Family community leaders. And second port of call, if that's not possible for whatever reason, is talk directly to Jim, who's our head of pastoral ministry. And we can just make sure that we can just channel where it's needed. Is that alright? Let's stand together. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's radical faith, radical generosity, radical lies for Jesus.
0: So we're going to pray in a moment and just do like a final prayer. Um, We're going to basically make space for ministry. And how we're going to do that is on the floor at the front, we've got some blue tape in the shape of a cross um, because his blood covers all things um, and heals all diseases. Um, So if, if you would like to receive ministry, come forward, stand on that blue cross, the healing center team will come and be behind white tape, a meter away. Drop your mask down if you want to and say what it is for prayer. Pull it back up and then they will minister to you uh, from there. One thing we learned at the nine, if you get a bit shaky, a bit wobbly, or you think you might fall over, uh, just try and sink to your knees. We're just going to try and do this as honorably as we can, bearing in mind all of um, the COVID stuff. So, if you're feeling a bit um, fluttery, then just sink down to the floor and then they'll carry on just praying for you. Guys, did you have any particular words? Um, yeah, yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, two. I've... Oh, hi. oh, hi. Sorry. Um, two things. Um feel there's somebody who has like refluxy, they feel sick a lot of the time. And somebody in their knuckle um, i don 't know if it's arthritis, but they have pain in their right hand knuckle the two things
0: fantastic um, so healing center guys, do you want want to come come now and take up position and I think one thing we are surrounded by Anxiety and fear and I just feel like father just wants to show us his love but in a very real strong trustworthy firm foundation kind of way so I just want to pray that over us all now um, this gives me back isn't it Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all you've done over the last few months just holding us. Holy Spirit, would you apply all that we've just been working through at the deepest possible level, and would you set us free? Would we do finances with honor, with generosity, and in such a godly way before you? Holy Spirit, would you brood over our lives, both now and tomorrow and for the rest of this week? Would you send us into your world, to work, to home, to family, to be the light of the world? And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may he rest upon each of us, those whom we love and pray for, both this day and forevermore. Amen. Guys, awesome to see your foreheads. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.